Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that always steals shit from dead people, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Is this what you want, Cortland? Is this goblet of pure gold encrusted with diamonds and rupees? <laughs> Take it! Dying. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I almost threw it! I'm... It's gonna go in the water! <laughs> he could've killed me. Hey, Cortland. Cousin. How's it going? That's going all right. I might sound a little sick. I don't have the coronavirus, I promise, so we're good there. At least I don't think I do. Unless I do. Because I think that can spread over the internet. Well, I think if I cough into my microphone, it goes into people's earbuds. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. I'm doing all right, Brandon. Um, I've had a very boring week, which is great, because this episode that we got going on today is... It's like my week, you know? So, yeah. It all makes sense. Art, so, circle art of life. imitates life. Imitates art. Yeah, exactly. You basically, like, lived your life themed after the episode. That's commitment. Yeah. I'm just out here living life like Are You Afraid of the Dark every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have done nothing this week, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's good sometimes. It's better yeah. than the alternative doing stuff nobody likes doing stuff stuff. i don't like commitment what what is that so how's uh how's australia going you got any toilet paper left oh yeah man i'm loaded up did you did you get a a bunch Uh, i got a little bit there was some and i snatched it up you know your household probably goes through a lot of toilet paper anyway too regardless of you know the latest virus craze yeah it's wild (laughs) You guys live every day like there's coronavirus, toilet paper, emergencies. <laughs> That's our, our family motto. Live every day like it's coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, so um, my week was agony, pretty much. Why's that? Because about a week ago, a friend of the podcast sent me a message with a music video. Yeah. Oh, and shit. I yeah, I didn't look it. at that yet. And (laughs) I've literally had that song running through my head every minute of every day since. Oh my gosh. Maybe you have coronavirus and it's taken over your brain. I have some kind of virus and it won't go away. (laughs) Oh no. I forgot about that. I remember I messaged you about it. No, you messaged me about it. You were like, hey, did Ron send you that mess or the music video? And I was like, yeah, but I hadn't listened to it yet. I'll, I'll listen to it later. And then I never did. Don't do it. Now I want to. <laughs> uh, your morbid curiosity will be the end of you. Morbid curiosity is like, I don't know. It's my favorite thing, but also my least favorite thing. Never leads to anything good. Oh my gosh, you're right, right? It's always horrible, but you can't help yourself. So, all right, what song is it? Just so that these listeners... I'm not going to say it. Ooh, you're going to leave it in suspense, huh? Yep, I'm not going to say you're welcome everyone you have to say it and you know what it's a great song so it's not like one of those songs that you hate but you can't get out of your head it's fantastic yeah i'm singing it in my head right now like lamb chops this is the song that never ends exactly a fantastic song as well (laughs) okay yeah you're not gonna tell the people what it is because i don't i mean i could look right now you want me to do that Nope, moving on. 
Today I'm going to do the meme for the renegade virus, and you know I'm going to probably do something about coronavirus. I mean, it's like right there. I know it is, right? I have to. Alright, you ready to get into the episode we watched today? Yes, let us discuss this episode. Okay. Well, Brandon and I just got done watching the tale of the long-ago locket. What'd you think of this episode, Brandon? I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. A little? Okay, a lot. Yeah? (laughs) I'm a lot disappointed. (laughs) Well, why? (laughs) Because it was boring. Because of who this episode stars, I was looking forward to it a lot. Well, like I told you last week, Will Friedle is in it, and he is, you know, Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World, and he did a good job in this episode. Like, he was... He's not a bad actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. But this material he's working with... Yeah. Rough. This episode is like if the tale of the Midnight Ride had a baby with the tale of Locker 22. Yeah. I think that would be um, long ago Rocket. Not your favorite episodes. Yeah. It was something. I gotta say, I was right that it was a Sam story. It's a Sam story for sure. Um, I knew it would be. She's just a replacement Kristen. She is a replacement Kristen. She's different entirely personality wise, but you can tell they were just like, we need a new Kristen. Yeah, somebody's gotta be the one to do the like boring, sappy stories. Right. And there has to be someone for people to, like, have a crush on. Because, like, what, are people going to like Betty Ann? Of course not. Well, they should, but... (laughs) I would like Betty Ann, but whatever. Betty Ann is the goat, anyway, you know? Yeah. She don't need nobody. Well, I think we should probably just get into this episode. It might be a slog, but we can do it. Yeah. Let's talk it out. Okay. So the episode opens up with Sam, and she's sitting at the storyteller's throne. She's just chilling there, reading a book, which um, would be really hard to do if you're going to read it by campfire light, because, like, the book would cast a shadow over the pages. Yeah, I mean, usually these woods are so incredibly bright, but not tonight, when it would be helpful. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it reminded me of when David tried to play the Game Boy. You can't do it. You wouldn't be able to play a Game Boy by campfire light, because... You'd have to be facing you the fire. You can barely play a Game Boy by spotlight. Yeah, it was hard to play a Game Boy in direct lamplight when I was a kid. So the idea of him like facing the campfire, the brick Game Boy would just not be in view of the fire whatsoever. He'd have to turn around at least to hopefully play a little bit. But it reminded me of that. She ain't reading nothing. She's just faking it. Yeah, she's pretending. She wants people to think she's smart. Whatever. The camera spins around, and Betty Ann and Kiki walk over to Sam. Betty Ann says hi to her, but Sam ignores her. Kiki's like, oh, okay. Looks like we're in for another fun night. And then from behind Sam walks Tucker, and he's got that red bucket of water in his hands, and he's slowly inching his way over to Sam. He lifts the bucket up to dump the water all over her, and Gary runs up and grabs it, saying, don't even think about it. Unbelievable. Why would he do that? Even for Tucker, that is... That's too far. Yeah, right? That's what I thought. Like, if he was going to do that to Frank, I think that would make sense because they have an antagonistic relationship. Right. But he's got no problem with Sam. Yeah. Robo Tucker, what the hell's wrong with you, man? It's not cool. And it's a good thing that Gary was there to stop him. Yes. So Kiki chuckles and then she waves her hand in front of Sam saying, Yoo-hoo, Earth to Sam. And that finally gets her attention. She's like, oh, hi. Uh, When did you guys get here? Earth's here? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
Hello, Earth to Sam. Earth, is that you? It's me, Sam. We cut to Gary, who says, It must be a pretty interesting book. And the camera pans back down to Sam and says, It is. It's a history book. And then we cut to Frank, who looks disgusted, saying, History? Could you have picked a more boring book? And back to Sam, she's like, You didn't think it was boring when you asked me to study with you after school. Ooh. Mm -hmm. The gang's all like, Frank, study. And we cut to Frank, who says, All right, I'll admit it. I thought it'd be fun to hang out. I'm not much for history, but I uh, am fun to hang out with. And he looks over at Gary, saying, Unlike some guys. What the fuck, Frank? fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so do they go to the same school or not? Mm. We need to settle this right now. I think that they do, and they forgot that in the lore of the Midnight Society, they all went to different schools. That's what I'm thinking. We kind of forgot that they didn't uh, go to the same school. I mean, it was four seasons ago, so it's like redacted. It's literally like the first line of the first episode. (laughs) It's like, we don't go to the same schools. It's true, it is. I repeat. We don't go to the same schools. Now they're like, hey, come study whatever is going on in my school with me. We're all in the same class, even Tucker. Whatever, Tucker's in like kindergarten or something. We cut back to Tucker and Gary, and Tucker asks if they can start. So all the kids shuffle around to find their seats, and we get Sam's teaser for the episode. She says, some people think history is boring because it's all about stuff that's gone and forgotten. My story is about a guy who finds out that the old saying is true. History repeats itself. And if you don't learn from the past, you'll be doomed to repeat it. My story is a bunch of old cliches. Well, okay, a wolf hollows, the kids look shook. But I'm over here thinking that this is going to be either Locker 22 again or maybe Midnight Ride again. It's and, both. Yeah. <laughs> Let me preface that by saying I didn't remember this episode in the slightest. So, I knew Will Friedle was in it, but I don't remember actually watching it ever. And it was probably one of those episodes where, like, I watched it once and then I was like, okay, if this is ever on again, I'm turning the channel. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) Sam says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of the Long Ago Locket. Even though there's not much of a locket in this episode. No, it's not really the focus of the story. Not even a little bit, really. But whatever, that's fine. There's another MacGuffin that features much more prominently, but... Is it the pen or the knife? The knife. But you can't make a romantic-sounding name about a knife, really. The tale of the long-ago knife. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We're just trying to skip this whole episode completely. (laughs) Alright, that's it? Yep. (laughs) What two plus two equals. Okay. Uh, the episode starts inside a classroom as some kids are listening to the teacher blab on and on about ancient history. The Spartans army invading Attica. And then she talks about how the Spartans win a major battle at Impophilus. I don't know. Yeah. Her method of teaching is just reading off a list of a timeline. Yep. They're like 400 BC. Spartans were invaded Attica. 402 BC. Like. Okay, that's not that's not the most engaging way to do history. No. Well, we pan over to one kid in particular, and it's Eric Matthews, a.k.a. Will Friedle. A.k.a. the man who dates the president's daughter. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute too, Brandon, because I have a note about okay. that. He is in all of his Boy Meets World 90s glory, 
And we get Sam's voiceover saying, Jimmy was a smart guy who pretty much He's had it all together. He's a smart guy. <laughs> That's on Disney+. Plus. Side right? note, but I'm watching that right now, and it holds up. It is a fantastic show. I might have to watch that myself, actually. It's great. Except for when it came to April. And we see Jimmy staring at this girl, April, not even hiding it a little bit. No, Jimmy staring at people is a big theme of this episode. He likes to stare. He's a starer. His brain no work so good. He gotta, <laughs> he gotta mesh the gears together and figure out what's going on. Sam continues saying, it's not easy telling someone you like them, especially if you're not sure if they feel the same way. And we see this teacher's hand, and it reaches over to Jimmy's face, and it pulls it so that he's paying attention to the class. And then she just walks away and continues teaching. It's really weird. Yeah, uh, she it like, is. She like sensually like moves his face. <laughs> over and... She caresses his cheek. <laughs> pulls his face towards her. She's like, check out what I got going on. <laughs> 405 <laughs> BC. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. April looks over at him and smiles. And then the scene cuts. Let's take a moment to check out these actors, shall we? Yes. So okay. who is this Will Friedel guy? Ah, uh, Jimmy is played by Will Friedel, a.k.a. <laughs> Will Friedel. Is that actually how you pronounce his name? Because I've never heard it out loud. Will Friedel? Yeah. 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 That's it? Yeah, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's it. Yes. All right, cool. Who, like I said earlier, was in Boy Meets World is Eric Matthews. He's the older brother to Ben Savage's character. Aside from that, he's been in a ton of other stuff. Lots and lots of voice work. He's Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible. He was Cypher in Kingdom Hearts 2, and he was in a Word? lot. I know, right? I didn't. That's why I put it in here. I didn't believe that. And he's done a lot of work in DC and Marvel TV shows. Just so many things. You know who he is. And April is played by Kim Johnson, whose only other credit is playing Melissa in a show called Ready or Not. So... It's quite the pairing. How? What year did this Ready or Not show come out? Oh, fuck, I don't know, Brandon. It was after this. But is it, like, much later? I just no, want to know if she the had a long career of two things. No. Or a didn't. very short career of two things. She had a very short career of two things because the show called Ready or Not, which I've never heard of before, wasn't that long after this episode. Okay, well... And, yeah, so Will Friedle just sucked all the artistic juices and got all the roles from April, I think, from Kim Johnson, yeah. That's why all the staring. Yeah, he's sucking he's her absorbing powers. absorbing her talent through his eyes. <laughs> I actually liked her, too. I don't know. I mean, knowing nothing about these people in real life, like, maybe she just didn't want to act anymore or whatever, but she was pretty good in this episode, so I don't know. She should be the voice of Cypher, not Will I didn't think Will she Friedle. was bad. Yeah, me neither. Anyways, back to the episode. Jimmy is walking down a path as Sam tells us that every day, Jimmy walked home from school through the same park. This was like most days, except that events from a long time ago were about to put their mark on his life today. And we hear a horse whinny, and I had midnight ride flashbacks. <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. I thought, Sam, you're stealing Tucker's story, goddammit. Yeah. And it wasn't even is. a good one. If you're going to steal a story... Steal your own. <laughs> yeah, steal, I don't know. What if she stole phone police? <laughs> oh, God. If you think about it, <laughs> plagiarism is really the scariest thing. 
Jimmy looks over through a clearing of trees in the direction of the Winnie, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of echoey, but... And then we hear another. And Jimmy, he just starts walking over to that clearing as the horse just keeps whinnying. And we get a first-person shot of him walking down this trail for some reason. He starts humming to himself when he hears a twig snap or something behind him. So he backs up. We see something on the ground. It turns out to be like a dagger or a knife or something. He holds it for a moment to get a better look, and then a hand reaches and grabs him. So Jimmy screams, he backs up, and then he runs away. He looks through some trees, and a guy in white clothes runs away. So Jimmy runs away too. Yeah. Um, if I was walking through the woods, and I heard a horse, yes, I would go, huh, I guess there's a horse, and keep walking. Yeah, I would be like, oh, it must be a a farm somewhere and somebody's got a horse or something. Somebody must be some kind of horse. Some teenage girl after school is brushing her horse right now. What I wouldn't do is slowly stalk my way through the woods looking for daggers. Okay, when you but say hey, it like that, though, that's just me. that sounds dope. <laughs> <laughs> looking for daggers in the woods. That sounds it pretty It sounds great. dope, but that's not the kind of life I'm leading. No, you guys are just... Buying toilet paper on the stock market. So. <laughs> and beating low, video games. High. Look at you. So we cut to the next day, maybe, and kids are leaving a classroom, and we see Jimmy. He's closing his locker as April walks by him and goes to her own locker. She's immediately swarmed by friends, and Jimmy looks around. He locks his locker and heads over to say hi to April. And April's like, Jimmy, hi, how are you? And Jimmy says he's good, and then asks her if she can believe how boring this Greek history stuff is. Am I right? And April laughs, saying, "You think so? I really like it," which is obviously not the reaction Jimmy wanted. So he backpedals, saying, "Oh, not like bad boring, but more like <laughs> I wish she'd speak faster so we could learn more because it's so interesting, kind of boring." He is the worst at covering things up. He does it, like, all episode. <laughs> yeah, and he's terrible at it, and it's not convincing in the least. No. Okay, I, like, it, during this scene, I got the impression that this was just some girl that he liked. But right. later on, we find out, like, they're friends. They hang out all the time. Yes, there is this group of three, and they're, like, inseparable. Yeah, but in this scene, he's been watching her from afar, and... He's just that weird kid in class who stares. But no, yeah. they're like they're, they're like, like amigos. Best friends. <laughs> it's weird. He's like, "Hi, uh, uh, April, is it? Um, <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I like skating." So April's like, "Oh, I get it." And Jimmy, he awkward he just, he awkwardly just looks around before saying, Very "Anyway, weird. did you know that we're opening the ice rink on Saturday?" April didn't. So Jimmy says he loves skating. And asked April if she likes skating. And thankfully, April also loves skating. Surprised she isn't like, yeah, you know I like it. You were at my birthday party last week. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. we went skating. We went skating every day last time it was open, Jimmy. Don't you remember? We've been skating every week for the last eight years, Jimmy. I'm skating right now, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy then reiterates that he loves skating because he's clearly nervous. And finally, he asks if, if she would want to get together to go skating. And then a guy pops up near April and says, guys, what's happening? Does he say it like that? I got the impression that he was like, hey, what's happening? Is anyone what are asking doing? anyone out here? Yeah, I... <laughs> he kind of does. He looks at April and tells her that Saturday night is the opening night to the Tower of Blood Part 4. Do you want to go? And Jimmy hears that and he starts backing up, moving in front of a kid in the middle of the hallway. 
uh, who's trying to get to his next class. And April tells this new guy that her and Jamie are going to go skating or whatever. But Jamie's like, no, 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 no. Go to the flick. I heard it was really great. Just go ahead. Maybe some other time Jeez, we get do together. you like this girl or not? Yeah, exactly. This guy shows up and he shrinks away like a slug with salt poured on him. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Jimmy opens up his locker and then he slams it shut and he walks away from this whole situation. You would think that this guy that popped up and asked April to go out on Saturday would be like her potential boyfriend, you know, the one that's going to be fighting with Jimmy for her affection or whatever. Yeah. But no, his name is Josh and they're they're friends. They're all friends. They're all, they're all good but they friends. They all act like strangers. It's really weird. Super super weird. We cut outside, Jimmy's walking home, not at the park, and he walks past a couple who are just they just stop and they smooch in the middle of a road. So yes, couples do. Well, yeah, and the, and then Jimmy stops and he stares at them while some like of 90s he does. music plays. <laughs> the dude stops. He looks at Jimmy and Jimmy acts like he wasn't staring at them and then he keeps walking ahead. It's really awkward. That's his thing. We move over to the park again and Jimmy's walking down the path. He hears some horses again. But this time, it sounds like there's some guns shooting, too. So Jimmy looks into the trees, and we see that guy from before in white. He's running. So Jimmy's like, hey, what do you, th- you don't think, you think I don't see you in there? Why don't you come out of the bushes, huh? You're not going to scare me again. Or why don't you mind your own business, Jimmy, and keep walking? That's stupid. Hit the trail, buddy. He says, forget it. He's about to leave, but a hand reaches out and grabs him. And it's that dude in white. He's shaken up and asks Jimmy if he knows the way. And Jimmy just looks freaked out at this guy. Like, he, what did he expect? I don't know. When you chase weirdos into the woods when you hear gunfire, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you expect, but he looks expect anything. He looks like this man is like, I don't know, like his arm just like severed off or something. And he looks like he's a ghost or something. Anyway, this guy grabs him saying, Harrisville, do you know the way? Harrisville, and Jimmy utters not a... And then we hear some guy in the distance saying, follow me. And the student white says that they're approaching from the west to follow him. They'll hang you if they catch you. And he's got like an old timey gun in his hand. And Jimmy's like, what? Who? But the guy grabs him. And then we see some dudes riding horses. And they're dressed in a red uniform from the Revolutionary War. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah, from the Revolutionary War. When I seen it, I was like, okay, is that the Civil War? I, I couldn't remember. But it's the revolutionary. It's red coats. Yeah, I was like, uh, wasn't there red and blue in, in Civil War? Obviously, I'm not very history savvy. Anyway, they just start shooting their guns at these guys. <laughs> they have terrible aim. Trained with stormtroopers. For real, they did. The guy in white shoots back at him while Jimmy just kind of stands there. Like, he's getting shot at. The guy in white runs over, he tackles Jimmy to the ground, and then the firing stops, and the guy's like, okay, they're reloading, now's our chance, and he pulls Jimmy up and they run away. They run over to a path, and the guy in white stops Jimmy, and he kind of pushes him to the ground again, and they hide behind some rocks all built up like a wall, and he's like, we'll hide here until they pass, and then you'll direct me to Harrisville. And from the rock pile pops a guy with a bayonet, who is about to stab these fuckers, And the two kids, well, they're not kids, but they scream. Jimmy gets in the fetal position. And then the two dudes just disappear and Jimmy's alone. And we hear April's voice say, Jimmy, what are you doing? 
And of course, she's got all of her friends with her. And um, the guy who asked her out on a date asks Jimmy if he's all right, since he's still in the fetal position. And Jimmy snaps up and he's like, heck, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just uh, <laughs> lost a contact lens. Uh, and the guy's like, it's the worst excuse. It It is. <laughs> These are his best, closest friends. They know he doesn't wear contacts. I would have been like, bees, get out of here, guys. Bees. They're everywhere. But this also reminded me of Midnight Ride in the scene Ugh, where yeah. he's on the ground and then everybody's laughing at him. Fuck Ian, yeah. I know what you're talking about. This guy asks, since when did you wear contact lenses? And Jimmy's like, oh, I just started. They're great. And April asks if he's okay. And Jimmy says he's fine. She offers to help him, but he says, nah, it's okay. I can, uh... And then he looks down and he picks up a button from the ground. And April asks if he found it. And Jimmy says, yeah, I sure did. All right. How about we meet the rest of this cast? Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Okay. So the guy so in white... Two other people. Well, I got three, motherfucker. Whoa. Yeah. So the guy in white, his name is Lieutenant William. So I'm just going to call him William, I think, from now on. And he is played by Paul Hopkins, who was in a lot of things. Lots of movies, TV shows, and voices in video games. He was in The Art of War with Wesley Snipes, The Covenant some movie called red two and he was also in a disney channel original movie that came out a few years ago called zombies as well as its sequel that comes out later this year and that's disney sponsors to the show <laughs> he has a very recognizable face to me but i don't think i've ever seen any of the movies or stuff stuff that he's been in no i haven't seen anything you just said not even art of war with wesley snipes not even I've seen a lot of Wesley Snipes movies. Yeah. But not that one. Well, I guarantee you, you've seen something with the next guy's in. Because the guy that beat out Jimmy for April's date is named Josh. And we actually have previously seen him as Billy from The Tale of the Dream Machine. Never heard of it. <laughs> His real name is Joel Gordon. And he's he's been in a couple things, including the Max Payne movie. And My Date with the President's Daughter with our boy Will Friedle. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was like a mini reunion. I know. Well, President's Daughter was later. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Billy was all like, hey, I'm looking for the grave of the President's Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's dark. I know. <laughs> he also did some directing. So good for him. Yeah. And finally, the Redcoat Captain. He is played by Peter Colvey who we actually last saw as the boyfriend-slash-stepdad-husband in The Tale of the Full Moon. I didn't recognize either of those people. Well, he's in, like, a powdered wig, so I get it. It's okay. What a cast. What a cast. Anyway, let's get back to this episode, I guess. If we have to. We're now in an appraisal shop, because, I don't... Jimmy is, like, best friends with uh, an old man who appraises <laughs> it stuff? It like it. <laughs> He doesn't like history, but his best friend, the appraisal shop owner. Yes. It's a wacky duo. Sure, yeah. Um, There's a guy, he's looking at this button with a magnifying glass, and he says, yeah, it's a button from a Minuteman outfit. I'm sorry, from a Minuteman uniform, late 18th century. Found it in the park, did you? And Jimmy asks how he knew that, and the guy's like, well, the Battle of Harrisville was fought there over 200 years ago. The line between the Minutemen and the British right, ran right through the park. But this is very unusual. 
Most artifacts people bring in are old and rusty and decayed, and this looks new. If I didn't know any better, I'd say a Minutemen had worn this this very day. And he laughs, and he walks away, and Jimmy looks again at the button before the scene switches. Wouldn't you just assume it's, like, a replica? Yeah, I would assume. But this like, guy knows his stuff. reenactments are a thing. Exactly. He would look at it and be like, yeah, it's a fake war button. Get out of here, best friend. Best friend. <laughs> yeah, like... Go, and never come back. Unless you find some more war relics. <laughs> Everything is just a replica, and this episode is, is just the beginning of LARPing. Now we're back outside with April, Josh, and Jimmy. Josh and April are playing with a frisbee, and Josh is like, hey, heads up. He throws it at Jimmy, and it just hits his stomach and falls to the ground. Josh tells him to wake up since they're not in history class anymore. And Jimmy says, ah, sorry. Go long. So Josh goes long. Kind of. He takes a couple of steps. And April asks if Jimmy is sure he's okay, which he is. Then he revs up that frisbee, and he chucks it at Josh. He throws it super far. It just, like, goes right over Josh's head, and he didn't go far enough. But Jimmy apologizes, saying that the wind took it. And Josh is like, oh, yeah, well, now you got to go on a safari to find it. So Jimmy stops him. He says, no, 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 I'll go get it. And this is the second time now. April suggests that they, like, help. And Jimmy says, Jimmy snaps at her and says, no, it's my yeah. fault. I'll go get it. <laughs> yeah, he does that. This isn't the April's last time like, either. hey, I love you. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> go away. She's like, hey, I just want to be with you. And he says, no, I yep. want to be alone. So in this scene... It starts out with, like, Josh and April having fun while Jimmy walks silently and boringly <laughs> through yeah. the park. Right. I don't think he deserves April. No, I don't either. But then again, Josh really let April down with that dig at history class. The This current dig at history class, which she doesn't respond yeah. to and care about in the slightest? He lost points. I mean, maybe if she's taking, like, an invisible tally where she doesn't show her emotions oh, at I'm all. I'm sure she is. She's like, <laughs> oh, skating? That's plus points. Movie? That's minus points. <laughs> Staring at me in class? Minus. Minus, minus. <laughs> I was gonna say plus. She smiles about it. She smiles like, please stop staring at me. <laughs> I'm trying to do my work. I'm trying to hear this timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, now I have a gap in my timeline. Now I don't know what happened between 402 and 405 BC. <laughs> hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite little spy. Thank you for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're new or a longtime fan, we really appreciate you listening in. Brandon and I both hope you are all safe, happy, and healthy. Due to the issues caused by COVID-19, we wanted to help out as much as we can, too. We decided to pause all payments for our patrons for the month of April. If you're interested in getting early release episodes, bloopers and outtakes, book readings, a shout-out in each episode, and more, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. The show wouldn't be the same without you. Looking for more laughs during the quarantine? Give us a follow on our Instagram at Private Island Presents and our Twitter at PRVT Island. We make a ton of content exclusive to social media like GIFs, memes, videos, character bios, and so much more. Join in the conversation today. 
We're always taking questions for our season wrap-up episode, and our email is always open. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Send us your stories, your questions, or anything else. We're always happy to hear from you. For a quick link to all of our social medias, the merch store, Facebook group, Patreon, and more, check the episode description. There's a Linktree link you can click on that opens up all of that stuff for you. If you want to hang out with me, I've been doing some live stream editing over on our Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I'll post when I'm live on Twitter and Instagram, so come and chat with me while I'm editing and see some behind-the-scenes magic of how the show's made. Speaking of live shows, every Monday at around 12 p.m., I'm going to be having a watch party on Instagram for Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. My plan is to watch the episodes for whatever comes on our show next. For example, next week we'll be watching The Tale of the Silent Servant. So give us a follow and check our stories about 12 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thank you all again so much for listening. I hope we're making your quarantine time better and funnier. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Jimmy snaps at April telling her that he's going to go get the Frisbee himself, that they'll meet up at Molly's. April's like, are you sure? And he says, yeah, you get me a cheeseburger or something. And then off he walks to go get that Frisbee. Josh saying, if he doesn't find it, that he's got to buy him another one or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It would take like a minute to get that Frisbee. You don't need to be like, you guys go. I'll catch up. Like, just wait a second. Yeah. Find it and come back. Well, Jimmy walks down a little bit of this path and then he sees the frisbee right there since it didn't actually go anywhere so it wasn't hard to find no, in he's the not slightest that strong come on <laughs> hey the wind is though okay the wind ain't shit i'll take the wind on right now when he picks up that frisbee he hears some more horse whinnies and gun firing and whatnot that's being carried by the wind so yeah maybe it's a little stronger than you thought brandon all right wind one brandon zero exactly he looks around And he says, that's it, I'm gone. Which, you're coming into this forest like you want this to happen to you. What is wrong with you? You keep coming into this forest. This is the third time. You could just not. Yeah. You could not do that. Whatever. He turns around real slowly, and then we see dudes on a horse coming after him. They're dressed in red again, and the the main dude, he points his finger, and then he spins around on his horse for some reason. (laughs) And he says, the spy. So he unsheaths his sword, saying, after him. And they start chasing Jimmy down. And Jimmy jumps out of the way at the last second and then gets surrounded by guys in red with guns. The British march Jimmy down a pathway. He's asking if this is a stunt or a joke or something. And they just push him along. We see one of the guys has like a noose. And then Jimmy looks over and sees that the guy in white is running around the trees again. And somehow the British don't see him because this forest is not that packed with trees like he's dressed in white that's camouflage oh okay well he shoots his gun in the air and then jimmy runs away from the guys and lieutenant william yells and finally the british chase after them they get into position and they fire at jimmy who's running away and william meets him and tells him to you know run this way or whatever but i don't understand how these British are so easily distracted by one guy shooting up in the air. They're like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, God. And then they let their prisoner get away. That wouldn't happen. No. 
But then again, they did lose that war, so... Mm, good point. <laughs> well, we cut over to the two guys by a tree, and William is cutting off the rope, tying Jimmy's hands together, as Jimmy's like, They were gonna hang me! And William says, Yeah, they'll do the same to me if they catch me. So keep running! <laughs> no, they have to stop. They have to stop and talk. Then he looks around and asks Jimmy how well he knows the woods. Jimmy tells him pretty well since he walks through them every day. William says, good, then you'll guide me to Harrisville. And Jimmy laughs, saying, he's getting the fuck out of there. But the guy stops him and says, you don't understand. I have to get to Harrisville. I'm lost if I don't. And Jimmy asks what's so important about Harrisville. And William asks if he's ever cared about someone but didn't have the courage to tell them. And Jimmy nods, saying, yeah... And the guy asks who, and Jimmy says, April. And then William tells him that his love is, I thought he said Emmeline, but I think he just says Emily. That's more likely, considering Emmeline isn't a name. Okay, I guess. Whatever. One time, he tried to tell her that he loved her. He looked into her eyes, but the words weren't there. And tonight in Harrisville, she's marrying a man she doesn't love. I must get there. And give her this locket as a sign of my love. I pray that it will succeed where my words have failed. Okay, but instead of talking about your emotions, just keep running. Mm. They're right behind you. The British like to wait for storytelling. <laughs> They're gonna hang you. Know? you. <laughs> they, they hopefully will. He looks over at Jimmy saying, I sense something in you, friend. We share the same spirit. And he hands Jimmy that knife from earlier in the episode saying that it'll bind their friendship. And Jimmy looks at him and asks what year it is. He thinks you just win people's affections by giving them stuff, weapons and jewelry. And yeah, he just like, ah, you'll love me if I give you this locket. You'll be my best friend if I give you this knife. He, he would really love playing Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley today because everybody knows that the way to a person's love is giving them stuff. Yeah, I give you a pumpkin, you love me forever. Oh, pumpkin's my favorite thing. How did you know? <laughs> William says that it's the year of our Lord, 1780. And the camera zooms in on Jimmy, who's just shocked. Uh, I mean, is it really that shocking, though? I don't, I don't know what he thinks about all of this. He seems very into the idea of... I don't know, being swept up into this adventure because he won't leave these woods the fuck alone. But he doesn't just assume that they're Revolutionary War reenactors. Yeah. So I guess he would have to assume they're ghosts or he time-traveled or something. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Like, if I were in this situation, I would think that they were reenactors. Yeah. Other than the fact that they disappeared that one time, that was a bit weird. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> but he's also a little bit crazy. Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy is a bit crazy, isn't he? So after we get that shocked expression from Jimmy, we look down the side, like we look to the side of them down a path and pop out pops the British who have found them. William tells Jimmy that they'll do better apart, so he skadoos out of there and tells him to remember his plight. And Jimmy just looks at the British as they start firing at him. And he's like, I can't believe this shit. And then Jimmy runs a couple of steps and he walks out onto a road where a big truck is honking at him, and it's about to hit him. But then it swerves out of the way. And Jimmy, still standing in the road, reaches into his pocket, and he looks at the knife. God, he's a dumbass. We cut to inside the pawn shop again, and Jimmy 
just he likes hanging out with his best friends he just likes to find shit and bring it to this guy to appraise all the time he uh, doesn't want to hang out with april and josh no he wants He's to just like ugh. this guy's no like 70 years old and he's like my best friend the old guy he's got the knife in his hands and he says he thinks that it's from between 1770 and 1800 it's nicely carved with a deer bone handle and he stops he looks at jimmy saying that he'll give him 150 dollars for it and jimmy's like nah it's not for sale and then he asks about the inscription which says it's Lieutenant William. I don't want to sell it to you. I just want you to give me free info. Exactly, yeah. The guy apparently remembers something, so he looks over at a book saying, I think you'll find what you need in here. And he starts to hand the Jimmy the book, and then he pulls it back saying that he doesn't often lend his books, uh, but I, do, I also don't often meet a young man so interested in history. So he hands it to Jimmy, and the title of the book is Historic Harrisville County. That book sounds boring as shit it sure does but also why the back and forth about him pulling the book back who gives a fuck just give him the give him the book give him the book or don't i don't care so stupid or just let him read it there he doesn't need to borrow it he's hanging out there anyway well here's like my favorite part of the episode is that we cut to the history class that jimmy was in before and jimmy decides to read the book then why didn't he read this at home in the comfort of his own room or something why is he doing it in history class? Does he have to get in the mood? What is going on? It's the one class they have at that school, and his parents don't let him read history books. <sighs> that must be it. They yeah. know They know how history gets him worked up. <laughs> I guess so. We get a voiceover from Jimmy, which might be an Are You Afraid of the Dark first, I think. That says, one tragic case that has become legend is the story of a certain militiaman, Lieutenant William. During the Battle of Harrisville Township, September 17, 1780, he was captured by British troops and hung as a spy from a large willow tree. This part, he was apparently trying to get to Harrisville to profess his love to a young lady. But how would that book know that? I don't know. (laughs) Probably from Williams himself, because he just never shuts up about this stuff. Trying to get to Harrisville, everybody. Tell the woman I love that I love her. I'm a spy, and I'm trying to get to Harrisville. <laughs> he's at that. He's tied up on that tree, like. And there's a lady there, and her name is Emily, and I just need to profess my love to her, and she's gonna marry somebody she should. Have be you married. ever loved anyone? I've <laughs> loved someone, and I'm trying to get to Harrisville. <laughs> That's why they they hung him because like. <laughs> I'm trying to get to Harrisville, and I just love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> take my knife <laughs> the willow tree known as hangman's tree still stands in the park today and then jimmy looks up at the calendar on the wall and it says it's september 17th and then he looks back at the book then he stands up super dramatically and the kids whip around to look at him and he says uh, uh i need to be excused and the teacher asks why and he's like all right let's hear this great lie jimmy uh my friend needs some help and the teacher tells him that his friend can wait. Sit down. The antique dealer doesn't need help. Sit down, Jimmy. <laughs> April and Josh are right here. So he just sits down and he's like, okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. I tried. <laughs> Slightly. He could. Oh my God. What was the point of that? I don't know. He could be like, I have diarrhea. Yes. But no. <laughs> Yeah, I got the coronavirus. Thousands of things to get you out of that class. Yeah, 
Oh my god. It was I laughed. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I need to help a ghost. <laughs> Sit down, Jimmy. I'm mentally I'm mentally unstable. I gotta go. Have you ever loved anyone, teacher? Yeah. Oh god. He's probably got that knife with him too in school. Like, what the fuck, Jimmy? He's definitely got that knife with him. Ugh. We cut outside after school, I guess. Jimmy just had to wait through all of his classes or something. And Jimmy's walking away, and Josh and April start to follow him. And Josh is asking for his frisbee. And Jimmy, who's still walking, says, sorry, but he couldn't find it. And Josh says, fine, you owe him one. And April asks why he didn't meet them at Molly's, since she ordered him a burger. Well, first of all, she wanted a cheeseburger, April. You can't listen. That's why he treats her like shit. She deserves Mm -hmm. it. She doesn't listen. Cheese. Cheese, April. It makes the burger. (laughs) April stops and asks him what's up. And since he's been acting kind of strange. And then she tells Josh to move to turn down that boombox. Because he's got a boombox in his hands. And I wasn't going to mention that in my notes. But then it becomes important. So I had to add it in. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy turns around and says, You remember the other day when you saw me in the ditch? And the kids nod. And Jimmy says, I wasn't looking for my contact lenses. I was escaping from the Redcoats. (laughs) (sighs) Remember that time I fooled you all into (laughs) thinking I had contacts? (laughs) nope (laughs) he's a master manipulator that jimmy (laughs) oh man josh is like red what and jimmy tells them red coats they thought i was a spy they were gonna hang me now they're gonna hang lieutenant william because he doesn't know the way to harrisville and tell emily that he loves her and i gotta go show him the way before it's too late If some, like, what would you think if you, <laughs> if you came that? up to me and said this shit? Yeah, I don't know if I'd be your friend anymore, Brandon. I'd probably just be like, "All right, uh, bye," and then I wouldn't talk to you anymore. That's all right. I know plenty of antique dealers <laughs> who want to be your best friend. <laughs> the two kids—they clearly don't believe him, but Jimmy doesn't give a shit. He starts to leave, and April asks him to wait. So he turns around and says. Hey, wait a second, your boombox. And Josh looks down and says, yeah, what about it? And Jimmy asks if he can borrow it. And Josh asks, what for? Are you going to play tunes for some pals from deep space? And Jimmy gets close to him yelling, oh, come on, man, I'm not kidding. So Josh agrees and he takes it. And April tells him that she's going to go with him. But Jimmy snaps at her and says, no, you just wait here. And then he <laughs> what an asshole he runs off. <laughs> I know. This whole episode, he's motivated by his love for this girl. (laughs) He just treats her like garbage. I know. I love it. It's just like, ah, why doesn't she love me? Shut up. Stay here. She's like, hey, do you want to smooch my face? And she says, no. I'm going to go smooch the antique dealer's face. (sighs) There's a dusty ghost over here that I want (laughs) to hang out with instead of you, the love of my life. (laughs) So Jimmy runs off, and Josh tells him not to waste his batteries. We cut to Jimmy running down the path. He's got the boombox in hand. He stops, and then he starts running some more. He stops again. He sees Lieutenant William roped up against that willow tree, and the British are surrounding him. They throw the noose over the tree branch, and they get all ready to go. A guy secures it, and he just says, done. (laughs) And Jimmy just kind of hides and watches. Let's see where they're going with this. Exactly. I want to see what happens next. The redcoat captain, he's got a parchment in his hands, and he looks at William, 
And he then says, In the name of his majesty, George III, King of England in all its domains, and in accordance to the act regulating treasonous acts of 1777, I hereby commit the rebel Lieutenant William to hang by the neck until... But then he's cut off by some loud noises of a boombox of sorts playing. The captain tells his men to follow that follow that noise, and they run after it, and Jimmy pops up behind Lieutenant William. Um, he puts like his hand over his mouth, lets him know that he's there, and then he starts cutting the rope. And back with the Redcoats, they poke the boombox until it turns off, and then the captain complains about there being no end to the treachery of these barbarians. Did they learn nothing from last time? Have one guy watch the... <laughs> These the are the prisoner. worst British like, maybe ever. even two guys. No, the whole troop has to go and see what that noise is. Even though they know there's two people in the woods that they want. Whatever. He looks over and he sees that Lieutenant William is getting released, so he yells, The spy! And his gang starts chasing them. Instead of firing. No. Firing. They, got, they I mean, ran they out would, of ammo. They would miss anyway, but at least, you With know. With their pop guns, yes. Let off a couple of shots. Just let them know what's up. Jimmy and William are running, and Jimmy stops, and he says, Whoa, over there, there's a brook in the woods. Follow it until it crosses an old fence. Then follow the fence, and it'll take you right to the edge of Harrisville. It's a secret route I used as a kid. You get to town, I'll draw them off. William thanks Jimmy, saying, Don't make my mistake. If you love her, tell her. And he says that he will, and tells him to get out of here. And Jimmy looks over and sees the British coming for him. So he says, Here we go again, and starts running. Even if William escaped, they would know where to look for him instantly. He's going to Harrisville. He wouldn't get very far. No. They'd be like, he must be in that place he literally won't stop talking about. (laughs) Well, they said something about it being like a line between the Minutemen and the Redcoats. So maybe like Harrisville is like, they can't go there. I don't remember. I don't know what the fuck happened in the Revolutionary War, though. I'm assuming it's a war, so it's kind of like a free-for-all, but whatever. So now the captain's on a horse. Jimmy's running away from him. And when down the path, he sees April walking. So April looks, and then she waves at Jimmy, who screams, April, run! At her. The dude on horseback is chasing him. April, take that advice. She should, yes. Well, next up, he tackles April to the ground. And he yells at the captain to leave them alone. Told her to run. He warned her. If only she'd listened. Stayed far away from Jimmy. We look at the horse. It pans up, and we see it's just some girl in a red coat riding the horse. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I didn't know anyone was on the trail. You just chased down a kid screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy apologizes and saying, uh, forget it. And she says, okay, bye. And then she rides away. Or does she? She's a British mastermind. Oh my gosh, you're right. April asks if Jimmy's okay, and he says, yeah, are you okay? They get up, and Jimmy says he hoped he made it. And April asks who? Jimmy says, a friend. Then he turns around and asks her why she came, and April's like, I was worried about you. I care about you. And Jimmy tells her that he cares about her too, and for a, it's been for a long time. I just didn't know how to how to say it. And April asks what changed his mind. And Jimmy smiles, and he pulls out that knife again. (laughs) I love that. What made you change your mind? And he immediately pulls out a knife. (laughs) Red flag number 10, babe. Get out of here. Yeah. They look at it, and the lieutenant on the knife 
changes to Captain William. And April sees that the shit just morphed in front of her. And she's like, why did that happen? (laughs) Her contacts must be messed up. That's not really what you should be asking. You should be being, you should be like, what the fuck? And Jimmy says, it's because he made it. He got promoted to captain and survived. And then he looks down and sees that this locket on the ground. So he picks it up and looks inside and we get to see William and his girlfriend's pictures in it. And Jimmy then tells April for a long time, I wanted to tell you how much I cared about you. And I just didn't have the words. He turns around to look at her saying, maybe this can say it for me. And he puts the necklace slash locket on April, like around her neck. And we get a voiceover from Sam as Jimmy holds hands with April. And Sam tells us that night, Jimmy looked into the history book from the antique dealer. And the paragraph about William had changed. He said that he made it to Harrisville, proved his love to Emily and married her. As for Jimmy and April, well, I'll let you figure that one out for yourselves. And we phase back to the campfire, and Sam says, The end. Why would William be in the history book at all? Yeah, for real. He didn't die. Yeah, well, I mean, he like, did die. And here's but... a story about a man who didn't get hung as a spy. Yes. So, huge problem, okay? Yep. If the story originally goes that Emily married a man, who she didn't want to marry, but she, she married him. You would think that they had hey, kids. He said she didn't want to marry him. She could have wanted to marry him. Who knows? Well, we don't know that for sure. Yeah. We only have his word. And I don't trust him. He's dirty and a spy. <laughs> well, regardless, you would think that they would have kids and their kids would have kids and their kids would have kids. And Yes, this and... is the problem with every time-related story. Yeah. Jimmy shouldn't have messed with this because... You know, like, that knife morphed. They're going to look at one of their classmates, and that's going to, like, the the kid's going to morph into a completely different person. And April's going to be like, why'd that happen? There's an entire bloodline that's been wiped out. He's wiped hundreds of people off the map. Just shred people from history. That's all you do with these kind of time travel stories. And we're supposed to feel good about that. But, like, what about that kid that is, or those people that just no longer exist anymore? Fuck them. Apparently. As long as one old man True love. More important. Whatever. I didn't like it. I mean, he's a ghost anyway, so, like, who cares? He's dead. For all intents and purposes, we should probably decide that they don't have children, and she never had children with that other guy either. They were like, you like kids? And William was like, no. And she's like, me neither. Let's not have any. Yeah, it's not good. Uh Uh-uh. Don't like it. Kiki says, cool, I guess history can be interesting. And Frank stands up saying, yeah, I guess. And then he pulls out some tickets from his pocket, and he's saying, I got a couple of tickets to the Phantasmagoria concert. I was wondering if maybe you and I... And Sam says, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Betty Ann pops up from, from behind Frank saying, she's already going with me. Then Gary rushes over with his tickets saying, and me! I had three tickets. So, ladies... And the girls walk away with Gary. Damn. I know, he is so fly. He's a player. Talker walks up to him and says, guess that means your history. And then he runs away as Frank chases him. And we sit with Kiki, who shakes her head, grabs a bucket of water, and pours it on the fire. And that's the end of this episode. It's not going to happen, Frank. Stop it. Fuck you, Frank. Although I don't really know what's going on with Gary and Sam either. 
I don't know. I mean, they're probably not officially a couple, but they have the most likely chance of being a couple. Yeah, they're not really developing that storyline. No, they're not. Maybe maybe we'll get something this season, maybe next season or something. Who knows? I would like to get something. I like the Midnight Society bits. Give me more Midnight Society bits. Me too. Overall, though, um, it's probably the most boring episode in season four so far. Yeah, like I said, disappointing. I uh, pretty much hate Jimmy. You hate him, really? Yeah. Why? What did he do to He's you? He's a jerk. <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> to his friends, his yeah. love interest, his old man. That's true. His teacher. He's he's good to no one except this ghost. Yeah, you're right. Jimmy and even sucks. the ghost, he won't just tell how to get to Harrisville right away. That's a good point, too, yeah. You can just say, that way. <laughs> I mean, it's just a park. It can't be that hard. How does he know that the, the fence was still there back in 1770 or whatever? <laughs> year was doesn't he missed that part (laughs) of the timeline in history class he's just guessing oh man moral of the story brandon what do you think it is i think an obvious motto would definitely be don't trust ghosts they just want to rewrite history they want to live as long as they possibly can they want to kill future people yeah they do they are i'm sure there's a word for somebody that's like you know phobic of of future people but that's what they are because if he's like, oh, I need to get back with my love so that I can alter history, Jimmy should be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about all the people that they made together? Like, you need to get hanged, buddy. Jimmy doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He thinks he's being a good boy. He wants that knife. That's all he wants. This is all just a plot to get that knife. Just a boy and his knife. But uh, the tale of the long ago locket, man, I think we can come up with better names than that. The tale of the time chasers. Yeah. Do you remember that was Mystery it? Science Theater episode? No. Did we watch it together? Oh, man. I don't know. But it's about a guy who goes back in time to Revolutionary War stuff. Oh, perfection. And it's very like this. There we go. <laughs> the tale, I mean, the long ago locket. That locket has like no importance to the story, really. The tale of that old button. The tale of the psycho boyfriend. Ugh. I could probably apply to either Jimmy or William. Yeah, very true. Man, the tale of no child wants to watch this episode because nobody <laughs> cares about the Revolutionary War. Nobody knows what Minutemen are. Who cares about You're the such British? A Frank. <laughs> I mean, look. Let's be honest. I think this would be more interesting if it was the Civil War. In my opinion, I th- I just think the Civil War was more interesting in in general. So. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. In my ranking of wars, yes, I'd put the Civil War maybe one spot above the Revolutionary War. Well, you know what? You got a whole new list of wars because has, has Australia had any wars? Uh, there's an Emu War. There we go. Where's that rank? That's like number eight. Hmm. Interesting. So what's number one? World War Two. You have to wait for our war ranking podcast. Oh, whatever. The tale of the morphing knife. It does morph. The tale of where's Harrisville. Yeah. No, that spoils like half the lines of the episode. (laughs) The tale is snap at your girlfriend. (laughs) She's not even his girlfriend. That's that's true. (laughs) Fair point. 
Uh, okay, I'm done. I don't want to talk about the <laughs> longer Golakin anymore. Yeah. Let's find out what the next episode is, okay? Oh, I hope it's better. I hope it stars Wilfred L again, but he gets a, <laughs> gets a, better, a better character. A better storyline. Story <laughs> the next episode is season four, episode seven. We're already like halfway done with this season. I know. It's crazy. It is. I say that every year. I mean, <laughs> every season. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're almost halfway done with the show in general, but also we're coming up on our one year pretty soon. I think it's in April. Yep. Eh, well. Anyway, the next episode, Brandon, is called The Tale of the Silent Servant. Who do you think is going to hmm. tell this episode? I think this is going to be uh, Betty Ann. I bet you it's a Betty Ann, too. She hasn't told one this season yet, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, she's overdue. What do you think The Tale of the Silent Servant is going to be about? Silent Servant's gonna be about a butler who kills his boss? Master? Okay. What do you call Master? <laughs> his lord? <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. And, uh... Um, Is that it? Oh, okay. Hold on. There's more to this story. I hope so. Okay, go ahead. And a new family moves into the mansion, <laughs> and... The same servant is there, but they're like, hey, you're dressed in old-timey clothes. That's weird. And he's like, oh, I just come with the house. And then people from the family start going missing, Uh huh. and there's a mystery. Okay. So he's not and, silent? Uh, he's a little bit silent. Like when he Sometimes. kills them, they're si- silent? Yes. Okay, sure. And the butler did it the whole time, is what you're trying to tell me. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what, Brandon? Guess what? 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 I don't remember anything about this episode. Oh, so it must be a shit one. <sighs> it could be It could be a shit one, Brandon. I tend to not remember the shit ones, so who knows? Like, I remember the general gist of the episode. You know, how you just gave this general idea of what you think it's going to be like i remember that but what it actually is (laughs) (laughs) but aside from that i don't remember anything about it all right well then we'll both be surprised to find out that i'm exactly right yeah that so we'll see what happens we'll figure it out next week (sighs) but that's next week brandon and we're this week right now so i'm just gonna let you know super tired i think i'm gonna go back to bed (sighs) Sounds like a plan. I'll talk to you next week, Brandon. I've been up all night. Like, literally. On, I was like, I was like 2.30? Alright, more sleep. 3.30? Okay, I could sleep some longer. It was terrible. So, I've been up all night. I'm going back to bed. Yep. Bye, everybody. I'll see ya. Bye. Bye, guys.